It's This Week in Bourbon, where it's all about corn and we got the juice. And here's your headlines for September 9th, 2022. The Pursuit Spirits team, that's us, we've announced a 13-city road trip tour. Adam Hers, the whiskey investigator, has found another faker based in Omaha, Nebraska. And Bardstown Bourbon Company will release another collaborative series with the leading French Armagnac house, Chateau de Labade. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. And they're off for another Gift 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Hey everybody, welcome back to This Week in Bourbon, and Ryan, did you, I'm sure you have no idea what that intro was all about. <laughs> what what road tour? No, no, about the <laughs> no, corn, kidding. we got the juice? <laughs> no, uh, I did not, what's the... Okay, so there's this new song, it's, actually it's probably not new, it's about two weeks old on TikTok, which in TikTok years, in TikTok time, it's basically already past its fad. But it's a remix of this kid who's sitting there eating a piece of corn on the cob. And he goes, it's corn. And they have this whole like music back into it. And it says like, it's corn. Uh, it's a big bunch of, it's a, what, a, a big bunch of lobs or a big bunch of knobs. And it's got the juice. And it's just whole, it's this whole song about it. What? And it's all about <laughs> corn. It's all about corn. And so that's where. Really? Yep. Hmm. 
It sounds like I'm missing out. I need yeah. to like go uh, go download this song really quick. You can go see. listen to it. I'm, I'm not going to post it on here because of copyright infringement. But for anybody that wants to know, yeah, just look for it's the corn song on TikTok and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Gotcha. I thought you were talking about the road tour. I was like, you're right. I didn't know about it till like, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Did that surprise you with that one too? I know I surprised my wife and my family with it. Like, but yeah, surprise. We, yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about it. I'm not going to read from the press release because it's it's about us, but you know, we have announced a 13 city road trip tour. We've got a whole like poster and everything that's dedicated to it. So we'll be hitting places in Ohio, Tennessee, Texas, uh, Kentucky. And Illinois, well, should I say Chicago and Illinois? And if you want to see what cities we're coming to, let me just pull it up real quick. You can go to PursuitSpirits.com slash tour, but we're going to be kicking it off next week. First day is going to be on September 12th, and it's going to be at Liquor Barn Springhurst. Then we're going to Kentucky Bourbon Festival, where you can see Ryan and I, where we'll be standing on our feet for six hours every single day talking and saying the same thing over and over again. And I want to give a shout out real quick also to our Patreon people who stepped up because we said, we need some help staffing the booth. And there are so many people that sent messages saying, I'd love to be able to help. So thank you everybody in Patreon world that did that for us. It means a, a ton for us. Yeah. And then the week following after that is heading to Ohio. So we're going to Toledo, Cleveland, Columbus, Dayton, and Cincinnati. And then we're going to be back in Louisville Sounds at Doc's like, Bourbon uh, Tommy Boy. 26. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love Tommy Boy, but yeah, it's uh, an ambitious, I think I was like, does he need to like get some hilt points or uh, <laughs> yeah. can't wait to see and meet everyone. You know, this will be, a, you know, obviously you'll be doing more of the out-of-state visits. So it'd be good for our out-of-state fans to meet you, the face of the brand, Kenny Coleman. I was like, I was like, Kenny, you planned this during my busiest time, so I guess you just want like all the screaming fans to yourself. I was like, you know, every month, September is like, I can't do anything. Can't do anything. Yeah, just, I mean, unfortunately, that's just the way the timing hard. worked out. I mean, we got everything bottled, got it out to market. That it, it What, it happened six months past when we were supposed to do it? Right, So that's exactly. the unfortunate thing. Yep. It's all, it'll, it'll be... It'll be fun. I'm. I bet you'll meet some great people and have some great stories to share afterwards. I hope so. But, I hope somebody comes out and buys a bottle. And I mean, I've got terrible handwriting. They, everywhere says you can do bottle signings. I don't know. You can still open it and drink it. We want you to do that. But yeah, whatever. I'll sign it. I got chicken. Our names are worthless. <laughs> they definitely are. <laughs> yeah. But enough about us. What's the next topic? Well, let's keep going here. So. If you are in the St. Louis area, so the St. Louis Bourbon Festival is going to be held on October 21st, and it's going to feature samples of 450 different whiskeys from around the world while focusing on their native spirit, bourbon. So brand ambassadors, industry professionals, and Kentucky Bourbon Hall of Fame historians will be on hand to answer questions and provide insights throughout the night. In addition to an amazing tasting event, this year's festival will also feature a new outdoor experience over a full city block. There's going to be local food trucks, live music, entertainment, and 15 whiskey-inspired breakout sessions in the famously haunted and historic Limp Mansion property. The festival will feature a silent auction of rare and allocated whiskeys to benefit the St. Louis Hero Network for first responders and veterans. Tickets at the St. Louis Bourbon Festival for VIP general admission and designated drivers can be purchased via the event website at stlouisbourbonfestival.com. So do you get like a passport book for all 450 
different whiskeys and like if you drink them all you like get a, a sticker or something you might get that and maybe an iv maybe something to uh a free hey, trip to the hospital oh, i did that this weekend it was worth it the first time yeah. ever doing it I mean, shout out the, the, the whole drip and everything yeah the whole thing got the b12 pack and uh the saline and it was a it was like a a nurse came into our living room and set up you know two stations and you know they hook it right up in and you feel amazing did you just make a phone call to somebody is this like a it's called a product it's called no it's a company here in town called mojo hydration they have an an app you select like a it's like an uber you know (laughs) i need to be hydrated this time and they (laughs) and i gotta know it and the nurse says i'm coming to you and (laughs) well i gotta know what's it cost uh, it was like I think it was two hundred for two people. So and we tipped. It was like two thirty, I think, for both of us. Okay. And you're on the IV for probably what thirty minutes or something like that. Yeah, at the most, I want to say twenty thirty minutes. Yeah. But she said she's done a ton of people on the Bourbon Trail. Like, um, but you can't be intoxicated while doing it. They will. <laughs> you have to be hungover, not intoxicated. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's after. Okay, got it. Makes sense. So it's like we the, did it before we went out, like, cause we heard that that was the way to go and it worked wonders. We had a wedding going on and we did it before and man, it, I mean, and it's not like I took it easy that night. I went after it. <laughs> <laughs> I felt pretty good the next day. <laughs> so there is something to it then after all. Yep. I, even if it's placebo, it's worth it. Good deal. Well, I also want to include this from St. Louis, uh, the Bourbon Festival. And yeah, sorry, St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, I wanted to include it because they asked me to come and speak at it. And unfortunately, it's right in the middle of all of this travel that I'm doing for the, the tour. So I said, I, I can't make it, but I'd be more than happy to share it on this week in Bourbon and help sort of drive some ticket sales. So if you are in the St. Louis area, make sure you check it out, stlouisbourbonfestival.com. Yeah, it should right. be fun. They got a great bourbon society there. I love those guys. Oh, yeah. We had a, and girls. We had a great, um, I did a Zoom tasting with them. It was fun. They were also here for Pursuit Palooza. And yes. they kept the parties going at, at the hotel room. So they know how to party too. That's all right. So it'll be a great event. So this one's a, a very, very specifically local thing. And I know that I've driven by it for years. And I'm sure Ryan has too. So an 1890s bourbon rickhouse that's in the Irish Hill neighborhood of Louisville is being considered and actually has already taken the wrecking ball. It's been ordered to be demolished over its concerns of its deterioration and as it poses an imminent danger to the public. So during a site visit last Friday, Louisville's Metro Code Enforcement found severely deteriorated and outright missing timber framing that supports the brick structure. Noted the majority of the structure's roof is missing and deemed the building open, unstable, and unsafe. Failing 40-foot brick walls at the corners along the public right-way around the streets and the sidewalks make this structure an imminent danger, wrote code official Kevin Manring in the emergency demolition order. The Nelson Distillery Warehouse at the intersection of Lexington Road and Payne Street is part of a proposed $75 million redevelopment for the entire distillery commons complex. Designated to a lo- as a local historic landmark and it's on the National Register of Historic Places, the Red Brick Warehouse used to hold tens of thousands of aging bourbon barrels and its wooden racking system. The structure is one of the last parts of the Anderson Nelson Distilling Company, which was one of the biggest and oldest bourbon distilling companies in the state. Hmm. Yeah, I saw it this weekend. It was 
basically a parking lot full of bricks and there was like a hundred like masonry people just going and picking up all the bricks to because those bricks <laughs> are probably bricks. well when like when we had to redo or we did an addition on our house it's like an old you know it was built in the 50s so there's like a, like a brick you know then so like a lot of and they were like a dollar fifty a piece or something crazy, which I guess is expensive. I don't know. Um, well, when you need you know a couple thousand of them, I'd imagine right. it gets pretty pricey. So I don't I don't know if who was there picking if it was legit like legal or they were just like go pick out bricks. You know, there was literally like fifty people going there picking bricks hmm. out of it. But I mean, I'm sh- sure it, people don't care. But it was interesting to me. Well, I would think that if you are in the in the business of making sure you get rid of this stuff, if you can get rid of it without having to pay anybody right. for it, sure, might might as well go ahead and do that. But yeah, I mean, I've I've driven past this warehouse forever. It's right there um, next to a concert hall and everything like that. And it's just been something I know for years I've driven by thinking, how cool would it be to own this? The fact that you've got people with millions of dollars in their pockets and even they said that it's not salvageable or it's not financially economical or responsible to do something like that because you're just going to lose your ass on it then it makes sense that they had to basically demolish it here's how ignorant i was i thought it was a national distillers warehouse at one time but i guess it was too but yeah you're right i i've heard i've heard all kinds of things too until this this news article came out and i believe they had a news article a long long time ago might have been two or three years ago where they were going to talk about demoing it back then and it got pushed off because of this whole thing that's on a national historic registered landmark and and it just kept going on and on and on until i guess whoever the owner is said we've got to get rid of this thing yep (laughs) so wilderness trail they are announcing barrel picks offered to family tree members so you say you've always wanted to do a barrel pick well now you can through the family tree bourbon club and you don't have to purchase a whole barrel Kentucky Kentucky law now allows for the sales of barrel picks through their visitor center, and they're inviting you to have a barrel pick experience just like the liquor store owners do who visit and choose what they want to sell in their stores. They said, we're proud of our rye whiskey and that our mash bill is, ma- is what is available for you to select. Oh, sorry, let me start that over there. Because they said, we're proud of our rye whiskey and that mash bill is what is available for you to select. So family tree members can bring up to six people and make their selection of a single barrel cask strength Kentucky rye whiskey. Once you have sampled four of our rye whiskeys, you tell them their favorite and you'll be able to walk out the door with up to a whole barrel, half barrel, or quarter barrel on that same exact day. The based on average yield is around 215 bottles per barrel. The purchase of a quarter barrel is around nine cases. Barrel pick customers will pay $63 a bottle plus tax, and you can go ahead and start booking it on their website now. Love it. New Riff's done this too, right? Where yes, New Riff's been doing it for a while. Yeah, um... I mean, Wilderness Trail Rise is fantastic. I love that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'd be all over this. Well, if you've got the opportunity and you need 215 bottles for something, go ahead and do it. That's uh, I, I, I like the law because now you can basically turn that into more gift shop sales. The family tree, though? Like, I mean, I think the Family Tree Bourbon Club is just a, it's a free sign-up, if I'm not mistaken. So oh, I, I didn't know if you had to be related to, like, Shane and Pat or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's Kentucky. I mean, you know, there's, well, there's yeah, a lot of people that are related to each other somehow through some way. I did just get my ancestry results back, and I think I see Pat on there. <laughs> I can just tell by the beard alone you guys are related. That's right. I just keep mine shorter than his. Yeah. 
So sticking with the New Rift theme here is that independently owned New Rift Distilling has announced it will be distributing its Kentucky-made bourbons, rise, and gins across the state, across the states, well, across the District of Columbia, Maryland, and Delaware beginning September 1st with Prestige Latroit. Increasing their distillery's reach to 17 markets in the U.S. Spirits available in these new markets will include New Rift's Bottled and Bond, Bottled and Bond Rye, Single Barrel Bourbon, Single Barrel Rye, 100% Malted Rye, Kentucky Wild Gin, and Kentucky Wild Gin Aged in Bourbon Barrels. Go New Rift. I like those. We, we met the Prestige gentlemen. They're they're great people. That'll be yeah. a home run. Yeah, they were they were hoping hoping to want to carry our products, but unfortunately, we just don't have enough to be able to to ship out there right now. But definitely, we'll we'll be hooking up with them in the coming years. I know that'll happen. We'll be cousins with New Rift. More more Kentucky relations. We're now yeah. part of their family tree. Whiskey cousins. What's all about? That's right. So we were actually talking about this off air a little bit before we started, and uh, we've been talking to some of our suppliers as well, is that there is a math, it's not really a whiskey shortage that's happening on the, the back end now. People can make whiskey. There's plenty of corn, plenty of grains. The problem is, is that nobody has barrels to put them into right now. And so Speyside Bourbon Cooperage, their manufacturer of world-class bourbon barrels, they are going to create 51 new jobs when it opens its first Pennsylvania facility in Clarion County. So Bayside will purchase 20 acres in the Clarion Township and build a four-line state-of-the-art stave mill for the purpose of producing staves and headings to be used in the production of high-quality bourbon barrels. The company received a funding proposal from the DCED. I'm pretty sure I removed that somewhere, but it's for around $140,000 of a Pennsylvania First grant and a $63,000 workforce development grant to train its new workers. Speyside has committed to investing in more than $14.6 million into the project and creating at least 51 new full-time manufacturing jobs within the next three years. Speyside Bourbon Cooperage has six stave mills inside the U.S. And the company is a subsidiary of Speyside Cooperage Limited, founded in Scotland in 1947. It is also the U.S. subsidiary of the parent company TFF Group, a global cooperage company based in Saint-Romain, France. Yeah, Saint-Romain, France. The TFF Group currently has business in 85 countries around the world and are specialists in every aspect of the cooperage industry since 1906. Yeah, stave mills are the huge problem right now. There's plenty of wood, plenty of uh, coopers, but no stave mill workers. So we're, uh, this is going to be a huge problem for those mid to small size distilleries. The big boys too are you know growing so much, they're gobbling up a lot of the you know, the oak supply and barrel supplies. So yeah, I, I, it's even hitting home for us. I mean, we're, you know, with one of our supplier or all of our suppliers, we're, we're all getting squeezed from the barrel um, side of things. And so it'd be, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's, it's increased prices like crazy. It's, uh, it's just like, we got through the glass thing. Now it's like, shit, <laughs> that's always something. It's always something. And as much as I wanted to hate on light whiskey, shit, we might be getting back to light whiskey soon because you got to start using these old bourbon barrels and start putting whiskey in them or something. And you just have American whiskey like, now. Or can we get like a, if say if we use like one that was a toasted barrel, <laughs> then we use that as a new barrel. Can we get that as a new barrel? And so, cause it was only lightly used for like six months, you know, or to a year. But just go I rechar it. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, you might yeah, be onto something there. Like the, at, at some point, it mean, 
you got to understand, like all this will fix itself in a few years because as the distilleries grow, then they know that the barrel suppliers, they have to grow. So they have to increase their capacity to be able to take on even more. So I, it'll catch up eventually. It's just, we're going to have a few years here where it's going to be tight. I mean, it's going to be really thin and the distilleries, whether they want to expand and they can create the opportunity to actually create more barrels, but if they don't have the barrels to put them in, then that's going to be a problem. And gosh, I know when we talked to people at like West Virginia Great Barrel Company and we talked about, oh, like are these toasted barrels, are they kind of hurting the market a little bit because you just use them for, I don't know, two, three months and then that's it. And they said, oh, we don't care. <laughs> you keep buying new barrels, that doesn't bother me. But at some point, I think you've got to, we've got to figure out a way and and maybe, maybe we you could do something like that. Why could you take a, a, a bourbon barrel that's already been used or maybe a toasted barrel? Cause a toasted barrel doesn't have a full char on it. So you take that toasted barrel and then you just go and rechar it and throw some whiskey in it. Now it won't be bourbon, but you'll have something maybe close to bourbon in four plus years and you just call it American whiskey or you just take the American whiskey, put a whiskey specialty on it, throw it in another toasted barrel. And all of a sudden you've got toast on toast and you've got a whole new product line that's going to make people go crazy. Yeah, or you ban toasted barrels and you use, like, make people use, like, you know, with Interstave, these oak alternatives. And even, you know, we were talking with Andrew from, Interst uh, sorry, from ISC. And he was like, you know, I talked about oak alternatives and he lit up. He's like, yeah, we need people to use these more because, you know, it's producing the same quality as a, a barrel. But if you're using like, you know, staves or, you know, cubes or whatever, it's, you know, definitely much more sustainable and you don't have to waste an entire barrel to do like a toasting process, you know? And so I think there's going to have to be a, sh unless this gets sorted out, I think there's going to have to be a, a shift in mindset of like, like everything having to be like traditional only, um, because it's it's a real problem and it's only gonna get worse with everybody expanding. So yeah, we'll I, see how it plays out. I agree with it. I don't see a reason why people couldn't get on board. You've just got to get over that hump and maybe it's just an education factor that people are in this industry and they just think of the word toasted and they think, oh, I have to get a whole toasted barrel and dump it in there. Now, I mean, you, you talk to ISC, you talk to Interstate, you talk to a lot of manufacturers, they all have other, they have separate divisions of oak alternatives where they're, to, to put it in layman's terms, it looks like you put a bunch of wood inside of a, some, a pantyhose and you stick it inside of a barrel and that's what alters the flavor of it. Well, it's and a chain. It's chain a chain. Bag. But I mean, yeah. I'm just saying it's, it's yeah. some kind of like filtered way. that Tea bag. Yeah, it's a tea bag. That's a better way to put it. I'm not putting pantyhose inside of, <laughs> inside of a barrel. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's an education aspect, I think, that we'd have to get to in front of most of the, the industry so they understand what else is out there because if you can reduce the amount of toasted barrels that are going out there just for the, the few months because after that then what then you've got to go and you got to sell that for I think what used barrels go for 30 40 50 dollars and then you got to sell it to somebody else for somebody else, and they got to ship it off to Scotland or whatever yeah. it is so there's a lot of waste that goes into it yeah I'm uh Gosh, I had something profound to say and it just escaped me. <laughs> it's funny how that happens. It must have been not that profound. In one, but, uh, in one ear, not the other. Oh, yes, yes. 
So, I mean, the wine industry, the reason they even have alcohol alternative is because the wine industry is like using them like crazy, you know, and no one cares. They're not like, oh, is your new French oak barrel new or is it an oak alternative? <laughs> you know, <laughs> did you get your buttery Chardonnay from an oak alternative or a new barrel, you know? And so people don't care. They just care about the flavor. And I think whiskey consumers and let's be real for the most part general consumers don't give a shit they just like the flavor but you know it's this whiskey geeks have to make everything so complicated <laughs> if we could just only get to the point where we weren't such just purist about everything yep exactly Maybe that's what it is so award-winning author and bourbon col columnist susan regler who we've had on the show plenty of times before she has received the ninth annual Louis Mateus Networking Award. And that happened Friday, last Friday night, honoring her distinguished contributions to the legacy of Kentucky's signature bourbon and spirits industry. As a former restaurant critic and beverage columnist for the Louisville Courier Journal, Riegler is a bourbon columnist for Food and Dining, Covey Rise Magazines, and also writes for Bourbon Plus, Leo Weekly, and American Whiskey Magazine. She accepted the award recently at the Bourbon Women's Symposium Welcome Dinner at the Kentucky Derby Museum at Churchill Downs in Louisville. The award is named for Louis Mateus, a retired senior vice president of Brown Foreman, and who was the first woman ever to serve on the KDA board. Her two-year term in 1992 paved the way for other women in high-ranking roles throughout Kentucky's signature bourbon industry. The award is given annually by bourbon women in conjunction with the KDA. Hey, congrats, Susan. We love yeah. her. Yeah, I remember driving over to her office in Southern Indiana one, you know, back when we just started, and she took our interview. It was it was eons ago, but. Um, and there were bugs everywhere. There were bugs. It was like a biology class. Maybe she yeah, was a biology. She's like a, yeah, she's a, she's a bug scientist is what she is. And so she had all kinds Ent of- Entomology. Is that's that, what that's I, the... I was looking for. It. I, I didn't want to slip and be like, Kenny, I'm, I'm really bad with coming up with the, the actual correct terminology. So I was like, I'll just say the, the bug scientist. I got She you. had all kinds of uh, like butterflies with pins on them and those boards and stuff. So she, she knows what she's doing. Yeah, but congratulations to her. Well-deserved. She's amazing. I love running into her all the time at various bourbon events. She's always yep. got, she always cracks me up and has great things to say. So good person. <laughs> well, somebody else that knows what they're doing and was kind of one of our headlines is that Adam Hers, he's been on the podcast before, talked about how to spot fake bourbon and also told some other good stories. He's also the creator of the famed American Pie series. But he's also a whiskey investigator, and him and his team found another faker that was based in Omaha, Nebraska. So a detailed investigation is on his page. You can go look it out. It's Adam Herz's Serious Whiskey. It's free to follow on Facebook. And it was revealed that Dion D. Trent of Omaha, Nebraska is a counterfeit bourbon sourcer and seller. They viewed his extensive evidence of an eBay account with a long history of buying empty used bourbon bottles. The same kind of bottles that Mr. Trent would sell as full and new to bourbon enthusiasts on social media. Sources verified that the, eBay that the eBay account used by Mr. Trent's name and that the empties were shipped to an Omaha address publicly listed as his residence and visible in his Facebook profile photo. Mr. Trent's empties purchases and full bottles that he sold heavily favored the previous squat bottle iteration of Weller brands that were discontinued at the end of 2016. So think of Weller Special Reserve, Weller 12-Year-Old, and Weller Antique. The investigation came to a head on August 25th when Mr. Trent posted a specific Weller store pick for sale, which the team matched to an empty bottle sold on eBay just days before. They contacted Mr. Trent and asked where that bourbon came from. 
He responded, I can't say for sure. I've traded one, bought, et cetera, for a very long time. The only bottle I can't 100% remember the source of is a Pappy 15 I have. They then showed Mr. Trent evidence indicating that the full bottle he'd sold was actually an empty bottle on eBay less than one week prior. They asked if he could re now remember the source, and since that transaction was so recent, whether he got the bottle full or empty, Mr. Trent then blocked that conversation. Minutes after that, Mr. Trent's eBay account changed its name from one nearly identical to Dion Trent to something completely different. However, it still documents the purchase of at least 75 empty bottles with more unrecorded purchases that are still retaining there. The deletions were all Weller brands plus two bottles of Old Taylor. He says, many thanks again to those working behind the scenes who wish to remain anonymous and to the indubitable Alex Ennis. Wow. That's, it's amazing that they can track, spend the time and track all this down. It's a great service to the whiskey community. It's sad that we have to do this, but even just like for Weller bottles, that's crazy. I, the, it was funny when I, I saw this, I go, usually people refill the Pappy with W.O. With Weller. Weller. Not the, yeah. <laughs> it's like not the other way around. But yeah, people that are buying squats of green label special reserve. I mean, I couldn't that's, believe when I saw that. I think they deserve it. Because that's what they're buying. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Weller 12. I get the Weller 12 because there's there's some good Weller 12 out there, even Weller Antique. But uh, the green Weller, I was, I was like, nah, I don't know. But you're right. What a pain in the ass to have to do stuff like this. And shout out to hers and Ennis for putting up with all this and, you know, kind of being the the gatekeepers of of the secondary market of making sure that there's no fraudulent transactions and and kind of finding all this stuff out. I just, it just irks me that there's no repercussions for people when it comes to yeah, this. Yeah, what do you do? You just prevent them from doing it again, maybe. But yeah, yeah there's no, it there's is no legal frustrating course. It's just, you know, you, you just get yelled at by Fred. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just don't come on the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it sucks because there's no legal recourse. People just get away with it, get their hands slapped. But at the end of the day, nothing happens. You know, they, they get banned from Facebook groups and they can delete their Facebook account and that's it. Uh, I think it's, it sucks, but whatever. We'll, oh. we'll create a bourbon jail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me, let me know when you start your first citizen's arrest and, and bring somebody in. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Make Fred in charge of that. Oh, uh, okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how far that goes. So lawmakers are hearing from advocates of the bourbon barrel tax. So legislators on the bourbon barrel taxation task force say they want to strike a balance between the success of distillery companies and the needs of Kentucky communities where they operate. The task force held its third meeting of the year back last Thursday and hearing from county officials about the barrel taxes impact on local coffers. So lawmakers established a panel earlier this year to study the tax structure on bourbon barrel sales and propose ways to increase revenue while also boosting jobs. Task force members are expected to report their findings in December ahead of the 2023 legislative session. One legislator, House Majority Whip Chad McCoy, is also the co-chair of the task force, and he said that the state must look to the future to remain successful in the industry. He said one large distillery in Kentucky has already moved to Texas, and he fears another could move as well. During Thursday's meetings, lawmakers heard from Jim Henderson, who's the executive director of the Kentucky Association of Counties, and Jerry Summers, the judge executive of Bullock County. Summers told the panel that since 2012, 
Counties have provided around $2.5 billion in financial incentives to distilleries based on the expectation of future barrel tax revenue. He also cited concerns about some costs associated with infrastructure near distilleries in Bullock County. He said, last year alone, to repair the roads for the construction for the distilleries in our community, we spent close to $350,000 out of our general fund, Summers said. Henderson said, though nothing is set in stone yet, the abolishment of this tax would be tough for some counties. The KACO, I don't know what that even stands for, KACO estimates that the barrel tax generated more than $10 million in revenue for local taxing districts in 2021, not including schools. They argued that the amount of the barrel taxes paid by the industry has increased from $10.7 million in 2009 to $33 million today. That creates a barrier for new distillers wanting to establish their operations in Kentucky and that other states are structuring taxes in a more competitive way. The next meeting of the tax task force is scheduled for September 23rd at 10 a.m. Yeah, and I don't think they want to abolish the tax per se. I think they just want to put a cap on it because... Obviously, you can't say, all right, government, we're going to cut off this revenue stream. <laughs> but, you know, with the increased production and how much barrels are in inventory, Kentucky has just gotten absurd. You know, and it's like it, it is more advantageous. Tennessee and Indiana have attracted multiple distilleries just because of that very per big distilleries for that very reason. Um, I didn't know about the Texas one, but, um, yeah, this is something that needs to be addressed. And, yeah, I mean. It's funny. They're like, oh, we got 30 million, but we're going to bitch about a $350,000 road we built for you. <laughs> or, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot. That's like getting, that's like getting a Yeti cooler when you buy a freaking $200,000 Mastercraft boat. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, you know, we, I, we, we talk about this a lot because there is the ad valorem tax, which is a tax that is unique to Kentucky. It only taxes bourbon barrels that are aging in Kentucky. And that is something that, pretty much every, every county benefits from where it has bourbon barrels aging. I'm honestly, I'm surprised that Bardstown doesn't have roads that are painted in 24 karat gold at this point. No kidding. And then too, you look at like California and New York, which have big wine regions and like the amount of tax that they, I can't remember the report. I was looking at it. I was reading it the other day, Chad McCoy had sent it to me. But um, if you look at like, how much wineries and are taxed in those two states, which are historically higher taxed states. Otherwise, you know, the, they're definitely Kentucky is picking on the spirits industry more so than any other, than any other state. And don't be wrong. I understand. But probably because it's the only damn thing making money in our state. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Legalized marijuana. That's what I say. Now, yeah. The, and don't be wrong. Like there's going to be some level of taxes. That's the only thing that you can count on on life. But the amount of taxes is just getting ridiculous. And for the amount that even we're paying is just absurd. So I can't imagine how much the big dogs are are feeling when it comes through this. Yeah, and you're right. There needs to be some sort of cap on it. However, how you structure that cap and how you make sure some people are, everybody's paying the fair amount is, is a unique way of, of figuring it. But definitely figuring out a way to pass the savings back on to the producers that are actually creating jobs, creating infrastructure, making more money for schools and all that sort of yeah, stuff would be and, a lot better. And that's another point, you know, that this report I read made is like, yeah, you might be losing revenue from the, you know, the barrel ad valorem tax or whatever, or even the 11% tax, but you're going to gain it back in like payroll taxes, economic spending in the state, you know, taxes, sales tax on those, you know, um, 
there's there's other ways you'll make up the revenue by allowing growth, which is better for your community because as we know, the government's really good at investing our dollars and making them worthwhile. Um, so I know you love your government. Well, there, there's certain things you need it for, but you know, the private companies are so good at maximizing profit and producing, you know, economic benefit for everyone. That's, uh, I think you let them do that. And then that, that will in return give more revenue back to the government, but that's my just thought, my feelings, but what do I know? I'm just some peasant that uh, is talking on a microphone right now. So, Vote Cecil in 23. <laughs> That's right. Well, is that for? <laughs> Whenever it is. It'd be next election would be 20. I don't know. Just, when is it? I'm just spitting off years here, man. I don't know. I'm not. I don't, I'm, I don't know what the next vote is, but I'll, all I'm saying I'll is the I'll, next midterms next year. Yeah. You, you, two years. You you definitely have my vote. Whatever saves me more money at the end of the day. That, that's it. <laughs> so let's go ahead. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with some bourbon release news. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus Magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Let's talk about bourbon. That's what we always do. But this is bourbon release news, so let's get into it. Filmland Spirits has announced its world premiere in the U.S. market, unveiling three core whiskey expressions. The first is Moonlight Mayhem, which is a bourbon. They have Moonlight Mayhem Extended Cut, which is their cask strength bourbon, and Rise of the Robots. That's their rye whiskey. When I said rise, it's R-Y-E-S. So, <laughs> yep. so Filmland Spirits is disrupting the industry by creating a blockbuster in every bottle. That is their tagline. Combining its enthusiasm for whiskey, passion for movies, and dedication for storytelling. Filmland Spirits aims to bring people together through captivating tales and great tasting spirits. Crafted with a movie-making mindset, Filmland approaches whiskey production much like making a feature film. The creative team starts with their vision for an original retro B-movie concept. This evolves into a script with robots and monsters, heroes and villains, and a plot that keeps your mouth watering. 
From there, Filmland Spirits designs an original movie poster in pulp style art consistent with the movie, or sorry, with the B movie genre. And this becomes the front label for each expression, which is a truly unique innovation in the world of spirits. So the bottle itself is tall, heavy, and distinct and inspired by the world of movie making. And consumers will have the chance to preview each story on the back label, which shows a synopsis of the B movie and the key characters. Those itching to know more about each story can head over to the Filmland website to read snippets of the script, view the storyboards, and even watch an animated trailer. Filmland's award-winning spirits are sourced from the finest whiskey throughout the U.S. Once, quote-unquote, on location in Kentucky, they are blended to perfection and then finished and bottled. Consumers who wish to purchase Moonlight Mayhem bourbon consist of a mash bill of 75214. We all know where that comes from. It's 94 proof and $55. The Moonlight Mayhem Extended Cut is the same exact mash bill at 115 proof for $80. And Rise of the Robots is a 95.5 at 94 proof for $60. They will be available for pickup at select spirit stores in Kentucky and California. And Filmland Spirits are also available for purchase on their website. Is they distilled in Kentucky or Indiana? No, it's 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 all MGP. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I hate to burst our bubble, but I'm pretty sure Lucky Seven has already done that. Like, I think they, you know, they're they've been in the movie business, and like each bottle has a you know a different movie or theme tied to it, and you open up the ticket, and it tells you about the I don't know. So I think this has already been done, but maybe. Maybe not. Here you go. <laughs> There's no more unique ideas anymore. So if you if you want to think about it, this is it's kind of like the sequel, right? You got to remake all the good movies from the past. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Only Top Gun has succeeded in the. Not Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. No, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and I looked at the the labels. They're pretty cool. That's like, like I said, it's that sort of like old timey sort of pop art stuff. Uh, however, I, in the theme of ruining things, I feel somebody else already did this too. It was uh, Red Something Liquors in Indiana. Remember you could go and yeah, you, could, yeah, yeah. you could do your own sort of single barrel from there. And they had, I don't know, like Tater Monster and they had all those kind of like funny comic book looking things. It looks very similar to that too. Gotcha. Well, if you haven't got enough uh, squib juice, here you go. <laughs> here you go. More <laughs> squib juice. Go and get it. But this one's a fun label. A little bit different, though. All right. So, Stoli Group, they are announcing the release of its latest collaboration, and it's called the Kentucky Owl Takumi Edition Bourbon Whiskey. So, it's a collaboration between master blenders John Rhea and Yusuke Yahisi of Nagahama Distillery. I think I got that right. This latest limited edition release blends new and old, showcasing Kentucky bourbon through the eyes of Japanese whiskey. Both Kentucky and Japan are home to whiskey lovers who respect tradition and craftsmanship, but also admire innovation. The Japanese term kaizen, means continuous improvement, echoes through this latest project. Takumi means master in Japanese, with the name of the release celebrating the art and craft of modern whiskey blending. Ria and Yahiza work together to create the resulting Takumi edition blend, with Ria selecting four different formulations and then sending the samples to Japan. Yahiza evaluated those samples, which represented different ages and mash bills available from Kentucky Owl. Yahiza then created different blends with those formulations to develop one of the most reflective of his Japanese whiskey styles. The Takumi Edition bourbon is a blend of four, five, six, and 13-year-old Kentucky straight bourbons with mash bills containing corn, rye or wheat, and malted barley. The Kentucky Owl Takumi Edition bourbon whiskey is 100 proof and has an SRP of $150. Sounds like legend. 
or Legion. <laughs> there you go. Uh, with an extra $100 on the price tag. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think Legend was, it had some sherry barrels or something like that. It was aged, it was secondary agent something too, if I'm, if I remember correctly. But this one's, it, either way, I understand trying to find that, the harmony between the, the two blending styles. Yeah, I'd love to try it. I, I do like Japanese whiskey and bourbon. So there is Japanese whiskey in here. No, it's not. It's four, five, oh, six, gotcha. and thirteen-year-old Kentucky. Now there is, there's no. But it has the influence of. Be, they just I, sent it to remember. another guy in Japan, and he blended it. That's what I got out of this. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they said John went of... and selected the samples, sent them to Japan. The guy in Japan blended f- it and sent it back and goes, here you go. <laughs> Can you phone a friend on the blend? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty close to what I would picture that is right there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So I got this next one from Bill Whitlow. He's another friend of the show. He was back on a cocktail episode we did a very, very long time ago. He's also the top cocktail guy over at Rich's, Pro- Rich's Proper in Northern Kentucky. But they've got something new and what they're, what they're doing now. So located in downtown Covington at the intersection of Tobacco and Electric Alley is Wenzel. It's a re- resurrection of Kentucky's rich bourbon history and the inaugural proprietor's blend is no exception. So debuting on September 10th, which is right, right about now, uh, this limited release of 150 bottles is the first whiskey to be blended in Covington since Prohibition. It's a milestone that they discovered in a building that used to be a rectifier for whiskey before Prohibition. So to honor the building's past, they took the same recipe and let history repeat itself, purchasing whiskey from various distillers around the U.S. and then rectifying it to create a taste profile that would meet customers' tastes and standards. It's a real full-circle movement for us, he said. Blending this benchmark small-batch straight bourbon whiskey together for the first time reinstates the time-honored industry in our building's 150th year in the city we love. So Winslow Whiskey is available for a, a proof of 109. It's non-age dated, and I do not know the price because it was not included in the press release. And where, did it say where it's coming from? I'm sorry. Well, it just says straight bourbon whiskey. I'll let you gotcha. put that together. If Usually people are proud to say when it's Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, but if you just say straight bourbon whiskey, then we can usually take a guess of where it's coming from. It's not far from... The Lawrenceburg, uh, home of the yeah. squip. She only likes me for my squip juice. <laughs> yeah. I, I got that from Blake Reber. Sorry. Yeah, we need to make that into a, a true anthem, though. The squip like, juice? Yeah. Squip <laughs> juice. T- I can't wait till that t-shirt comes out. <laughs> I'm sure. Somebody's going to beat us to it. Sell them at Luxro. <laughs> sell them at MGP maybe I don't know. actually you can probably sell them at half the gift shops around people that are sourcing liquid I'd buy one. I got a I got a Ross and Squib hat I would love to have a Squib Juice t-shirt to go with it <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you ask and I'm sure somebody will make it happen too so our last story of the evening is that Bardstown Bourbon Company they are going to release their second iteration of the collaborative series with a leading French Armagnac house of Chateau de Labade. And that's going to happen on today, Friday, September 9th, 2022. So this 2022 release as a Chateau de Labade Armagnac includes a 12 barrel blend, or sorry, a blend of 12 year Kentucky and 10 year Tennessee bourbon finished in Armagnac cask for 16 months. The finishing casks age from around 16 to 24 months in different warehouse locations 
bringing a contrast of wood extraction. The initial collaboration released back in April 2020 and was honored best in class and double gold in the finished bourbon category at the 21 San Francisco Wine and Spirits Competition. The Chateau de Labade Armagnac Collaborative Series is presented 107 proof and offered at an SRP of $160. Roughly 2,700 9-liter cases of this will be available at the Bardstown Bourbon Company gift shop and retailers in 20 states, plus online at sealbox.com. Yeah, it's another... Fantastic collaboration and blend from them. I've had this. It's it's really good. I love those. It's an Armagnac, right? Uh, it is. It is. Yeah. It's. I love the art. You know, we're big fans of Yak, and I, I love when they, with bourbon finishing, it's just like a match made in heaven. It's like you get both, both the best of both the worlds. And we got another surprise, too, is that we've got our, we, we, did, we selected back in per Palooza, we did a barrel bourbon finished an Armagnac cast and that oh, yeah, has now that's arrived right. that's now arrived so people can get their hands on that if you're inside the patreon community i have a feeling that one's gonna go fast because it's delicious where's mine i need to come get mine it's it's on its way i got the shipping notification earlier this week Ooh, all right cool can't wait to try that there you go i'm ready to have it again yes i'm here for you with it but that's gonna do it that's all the bourbon news this week so I can't wait for yet more bourbon news next week. That's how this, sure there'll be some. That's how this goes. Hey, you know what we didn't have this week? Thank God. There's no new distillery expansion. Nobody's jumping $50 oh, million yeah. dollars in something. So, hey, we got one week down where we feel like we're not going to have a, a huge glut in our hands soon. Wait till after Bourbon Fest next week. Everybody will be like, we're doubling down, <laughs> tripling down, more juice. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and definitely, if, if you're listening to this and you happen to be in Louisville, we are going to be at Liquor Barn on Monday, September 12th, and we're going to be at the Liquor Barn at Springhurst, as well as going to be at Kentucky Bourbon Festival. And then following after that, we're going to be in Ohio and five different cities, then back in Louisville, and then we're just going to keep going from there. So go check out the rest of the tour, PursuitSpirits.com slash tour. Got a fancy race car on the on the poster. Yeah, I actually had people say, did you all get a car for this? <laughs> I was like, nah, no, nah, we it's either that or the Mutz Cuts vehicle from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, that's cooler. like 10 barrels, so we, we can't afford a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, we spent all our money on the graphics. We don't, we don't, we can't actually afford the car. Yep. All right. Well, that's it, everybody. We'll see you next week. Toodles. Toodles.